And we're back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> we already did that joke. Well, we're bringing it back to <laughs> a dinosaur story. Bam! Nailed it. <laughs> oh, hey there, mateys. Oh, yes, it be talk like a pirate's day. Ah, uh, how the hell are you be doing? <laughs> Mateys. This this pirate be sick and can't pull off her pirate voice very well. <laughs> I mean, any voice is a pirate voice. You just have to commit crimes at sea. I'm just a pirate with a stuffy nose. <laughs> Isn't that like a VeggieTales episode? <laughs> Sounded like it. Probably. I bet Surat has a good pirate voice. I, I don't. But thanks for thinking I would. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, man. Good thing I didn't put any money on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Are you going to be a pirate for the whole game? I don't think so. <laughs> so you guys want to, like, pillage something? Yeah. Yeah. When we last left off, we were right in the heat of the first day of the trial of the beast. You guys had gone back and forth cross-examining several witnesses about the happenings at Marast, the murder of ten villagers, and you presented a bit of evidence made a pretty decent case. The surprise prosecutor, Edivian Adresant, came back at you Who's to say how successful either of you were? That would be up to the judges. Uh, there's no jury in this court. Just the three justices. And I believe the last witness on the stand was Sidriel. A Divian Adresant had already stated he had no more witnesses to call. And as he finished questioning... Israel. He goes to sit down in the court. Or, or why don't we take it back to the courtroom? Um, Edivian Adresant had just finished his questions for Sidriel on the stand. And I believe Ezekiel Kane had already questioned him before that. He is my witness. Yeah, I believe the conclusion was uh, Sid fucking nailed it. Case closed. <laughs> go, go. Innocent. Not even just not guilty. They actually found him innocent. It's a miracle. <laughs> Actively innocent. In fact, more innocent than he was before he came inside. Aren't those kind of the same thing? But, I mean, maybe uh, not. Nope, not guilty just means that you... Not guilty does not imply innocence. It just implies the absence of provable guilt. Proving innocence is more like Which proving a negative. Would right. imply that he's not guilty. <laughs> or he is innocent. No, you can be not guilty and still. You can be found not guilty and still have done the thing. I, I guess that's true. But that's more of a. There's just not enough evidence to, to prove it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Can't be charged again, I guess. 
through double jeopardy yeah. laws, which, again, who knows how the fucking laws in Usulov work? Uh, we're just guessing. Yeah. Yeah, you need quadruple jeopardy in Usulov. <laughs> quadruple jeopardy. Four. You can be charged four times for the same crime. <laughs> Good to know that uh, After- Zeke, as a cop, works just like the real world. I don't need to know <laughs> the laws. I just enforce them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I enforce my own law. I am the law. Certainly none of there us know the laws, so <laughs> this is fun. Got Judge Dredd over here. As Sidriel leaves the stand, the gong is struck. Ba-gum. And Yep, the Chief Justice will ask. Are there any further witnesses that you would like to call? I don't have any other witnesses to call. Um, um, no, Yara. Call the Manticore. Then we will end today's proceedings with your closing arguments. Mr. Kane. Honorable judges and good people of Leopardstead. I beg you, and he, he looks behind him, which I'm sure that the crowd is uh, booing them as the defense hisses and boos from all around. I beg you to examine the evidence presented here with scrutiny. Some cases are cut and dry, and some cases are muddier than the swamps of morassed. This case happens to be the latter. If you can separate the facts from the fiction, you will as I have, come to the realization that there may be more going on in that swamp than meets the eye. This case seems to be a case of mistaken identity, and at its core fueled by nothing but fear and abject horror. I beg you not to try my client, Tim, in the court of public opinion, but to try him here, in a court of law. There is no denying that a crime has been committed, and my sympathies go out to the bereaved peoples of morass. With Abadar as my witness, I know that we have shown you that the real culprit is still out there. As a member of the town guard of Leopardstead, I will admit that we have some work to do to ensure that the people of this great city can rest easy. And at night know that this kind of tragedy will not go unpunished. Yet the person accused, who sits before you today, he gestures towards uh, Tim locked up in the chair. Need not be the subject of our anger or retribution. As a once great justice of the peace said, it is better that ten guilty persons escape the annals of justice than to let one innocent suffer. Thank you. The crowd up in the seats. Rabble, 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 boo, boo, ah, there's people yelling and booing. And well done, Zeke. Flora had started clapping, but then stopped when she realized that wasn't what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and she's still back there doing her best little Muggsy Bogues impression? Definitely, yeah. What's a Muggsy Bogues? Uh, Muggsy Bogues was famous for being the shortest NBA player ever. I think he played point guard for the Charlotte Hornets back in the 90s. <laughs> I'm trying to bat away any of the tomatoes getting thrown at him. Zeke. I thought it was a plant. <laughs> nah, he was a basketball player, but he was like five foot three. Oh, way taller than Flora. It, you may have seen, like, it, it, there's a picture of him next to, um, I think, Manute Bowl, who was the tallest player, and they're like, like three basketballs height difference. Oh my gosh. 
Is that what we use as Americans now? Yeah, basketballs, basketballs. as a measuring stick? It's... <laughs> It, it, I was referencing that because if you've seen the picture, it would make sense. Uh, let's I see mean, if I can find it. We, we refuse to use anything but a, a, a meter or a centimeter or something, yeah. don't we? Three basketballs difference. Yeah. Oh, there's about 7,500 <laughs> basketballs down the road. <laughs> there, picture evidence. Submit. Oh, hey, look at that. Muggsy Bogues is the little guy. Let's go ahead and upload that to the Discord. People will get it <laughs> as a spoiler. <laughs> no, no, no one gets to see it. That's going to be just, you know, for those who remember that. It was like a pretty widespread poster back in the 90s. Three basketballs difference. They're holding it like it's a fucking trophy. <laughs> Anyone with I mean, those three basketballs are about. can find this, find this image for themselves. About half the size of that fella that we're talking about. He's at least six basketballs tall. Oh, my God. That dude's legs are teeny. Surprised he didn't break. Wasn't he in Space Jam? Yep. Might have been, yeah. No, I recognize that face. That's a Space Jam face. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only way I could possibly recognize that face is if he was in Space Jam. He was in Space Jam, right? The little guy? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Concurrence over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the husband has spoken. The last line. <laughs> well, as Zeke takes a seat back at the defense table, Divian Adderson stands and approaches the judges and the people. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, it is clear that this beast is not like you and I. He has been plaguing our lives and our families for as long as any of us can remember. The evidence presented here today sucks. For my case. (laughs) (laughs) The evidence presented here today is shaky at best. That works. Simply showing that this beast wasn't attacked by a blood caiman, or that he can see in the dark something we can't truly know, means nothing of the ten people that were murdered in that town. I believe that you will do the right thing and bring this beast to justice, and quite frankly, I'm appalled at how close the defense has become to this beast. They've even given it the name of a man. As the crowd's like... I believe that over the next two days, we will see more and more evidence pointing to the guilt of this horrible creature. I leave it up to you, judges. Make the right decision. Bring justice to the people that have suffered for so long. Thank you. And he turns and goes to sit down. He says so our evidence is shaky, but his evidence is, but he looks like a monster. Yeah. It's a hell of a closing. Yeah. Do, you, do you practice that? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. 
doesn't look like he's trying very hard. He doesn't have to. The whole town wants to burn this motherfucker. He didn't really look upset or anything when when you guys had like presented evidence against it or it doesn't look like he's being affected much by the trial at all. It's cool. We'll throw him in his kindling. I bet these tools are his. He's the beast. <laughs> Burn him! And then the gong is struck again. And as the crowd quiets down once more, Chief Justice card stands. Like, all right then. That will conclude the first day of the trial. The court is dismissed and will resume tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And he turns and walks out the back of the room as the two other justices, including Embrith Dermid, stand and follow him out. The people up in the seats are rowdy and loud and like they're being funneled out the doors by the guards that are there. You see one person even gets restrained by one of the guards because he's getting in a fight with somebody. Stormak is there next to Tim and with the other guards and Stormak says to Tim, Tim everything is going according to plan. We've got this under control. Uh, you just get a good night's rest and uh, be be nice to these guards. And, and then he looks at the guards and he says, and these guards will be nice to you. And he tries to, I don't know, convince them to do that. Tim the whole time has been like despondent, staring down at his feet, quiet and not really reacting or paying much attention to the trial. Uh, you can see there's a small amount of tears rolling down his face, uh, but he's not outwardly crying. He looks up at you when you say that and just kind of nods and wipes his face and the guards around him kind of put hands on his arms and he gets the idea to stand up and, and they walk him out towards the holding cells below. A Divian Adresant gets up, he walks towards the exit, and he waits a moment as Kendra comes down from the seats and joins him. He, without saying anything, he walks out the door and she follows him. She turns for a moment, look at you guys, and quickly turns again and leaves with him. Can I do a fastball special and throw Flora at her? <laughs> I was going to wave at her, but she turned too fast. That concludes the first day of the trial. Now, there's no way of telling at this point how well you've done in convincing the judges of your case, but it is being tracked. I mean, as far as you can tell, you you presented some strong evidence you think you are probably making a difference. <laughs> Maybe you feel accomplished. I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, maybe you feel so accomplished that you level up. Damn. 
<gasps> what? What? Oh shit! I wasn't ready for this. Jenny. Nice. Just like midday. Very nice. Or are, do we go to bed first? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's right here in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a quick nap. I'm <laughs> right in the courtroom. Stormac walks over to the defense table and slaps his palm down on the table and says, We're doing well. We are heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Big damn heroes. And we glow in golden light. (laughs) Uh, Flora will will say to Zeke, "That That was amazing. I could never talk like that in front of people. Yeah, I don't know, uh... Doesn't seem like the town really cares. Seems like they got their whole mindset on burning this guy. Uh, at the end of the day, we uh, we better bring a stronger case for next time. We should get out and uh, examine this next one at this town. And hopefully we can find something more solidified for that uh, goddamn Divian Adresen to not uh, tear us apart on the stand. So what what is the next thing he's being tried for? Well... He's being tried for this uh, murder of all these children over in the town of Higstag. It's not too far from here. I bet if we got out there tonight, we could uh, at least collect enough evidence to maybe bring something back and hopefully not have Tim burned at the stake. I'm not terribly confident about what we presented, but who knows? Maybe we can come up with something better. So, Flora and Zeke, give me knowledge locals. Check. Sure. Thirteen. Okay, that is a ten for me as well. Still with no ranks or anything? Well, I put a rank in it, so it was a nine on the dice, but it's ten. If we just leveled. Okay. You got plus zero. I'm not real smart, but I'm super strong. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything cool that you guys might have gotten or planned on getting if you didn't do it yet? No, I already I have it all figured out. Uh I I haven't planned anything. I've got Stormac all figured out. Uh Flora gets a, a new feat and I got spirited charge. Spirited charge. I get I get triple damage with the lance. That's all. When you're charging? Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's three D six plus twelve. That's fun for me. I also get Banner, which I just like passively buffs everyone around me. That's exciting. I gotta remember which one I was gonna pick. This Sid's getting, uh. <laughs> let's see, he gets a, a feat. He's gonna take a uh, weapon focus for his longbow. Very exciting. <laughs> um, gonna take Share Memory as my divination spell for this level. Which lets me cast it on a creature, and I can have them share one of their memories that it lasts up to a minute directly into my brain. Ooh. And I'm also taking maybe ricochet shot of another one. Maybe not. I'm still looking at what I want to do there. Nice. A ricochet shot's kind of neat. I can cast it on myself, and then up to one round per level, I can just like shoot arrows and bounce them off walls and hit things behind obstacles. It turns me into Hawkeye. So, with a 13 and a 10, neither of you really know much about Hergstag or its location. 
or history. Uh, so you might need to do a little digging. Wait, hold on. I get to add a d6 to that. Uh, how does a 15 do it for you? It's a 2 on a d6 for my knowledge. Oh, okay. Yeah, 15 will tell you something. Hmm. Ezekiel Kane has heard about, uh, you know, the happenings at Hergstag, uh, the tragic child murders. They happened seven months ago, where six children were killed. And since the attack seven months ago, the village has been abandoned entirely. Until that time, the villagers of Hergstag lived quiet lives, it was a f- made passable livings, farming and hunting. And yeah, you're not exactly sure why it was abandoned, but with the Leopardstad being the biggest settlement nearby, it's about 15 miles away, Hergstag, by the way. Uh, you, you, got to, you could imagine that at least some of them had come to Leopardstad in the last seven months. So, uh, let's go do it. It's 15 miles away. If we have to go investigate that, then it'll take, what, two hours to get there, three hours to get there? Let's go. And what time of day is it right now? It is 2 p.m. Oh, jeez. And there's, it's an abandoned place. There's not like a village out or there with like an inn. It's abandoned, yes. And the trial for it is tomorrow? Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Oh, god damn it. it let, let, me, let me throw this out there. If all the people okay. from the town left the town and moved, and a lot of them moved to Leopardstead, maybe we don't need to go to where that town was. Maybe we could just talk to those people here in Leopardstead. Is that helpful? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to go and see if he actually killed them there. Are the bodies still out there? You don't know that. I mean, if they all abandoned the place. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what do we know about the crime? Zeke, with that knowledge check, you know that of all the people that abandoned that town, there are three former residents here in Leopardstead. Okay. There are three sisters named Garrow, Starl, and Flitched. Starl. And they all live together in an old windmill on the outskirts of town. That sounds cool. Let's definitely go there right now. Yeah. Do that, get some witness testimony, and then fuck off to the old village if there's anything there we need to investigate. Alright, so you want to head there right now, uh, leaving the courthouse? To the windmill, yeah. I pick up Daisy. Yep, Daisy's in the barracks there with a few of the guards, and they're all like rolling around on the floor playing with her and stuff. She is stoked to see you. They are all covered in dog hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I am taking what's called the Knave Standard as my banner. And it says an ally who benefits from this standard gains a plus two dodge bonus to AC against attacks of opportunity provoked by movement and a plus one morale bonus on attack rolls that benefit from flanking. 
I wonder who will benefit from that. Anyone that flanks. Also, Stormak just running in and out, like, oh, you bet you can't hit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Flora has been watching you guys fight, and she's like, they do this all the time. And so somehow makes has a banner that inspires you to continue doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I don't understand the banner narratively, but that's fine. I'll 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 make a buff out of that right now. Yeah. Maybe you did like a cross stitch on it that's like a, a manual on how to yeah. shake in combat. <laughs> Remember to flank it. It's like a circle with two small circles on either side. <laughs> uh, I was imagining like one of those like old uh like dance step diagrams. Like, <laughs> little footprints and the arrows. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys want to talk to the beast before we leave the... He he said all about his friend Ilsa. We got that the last time we talked to him. And he's like, oh, my friend Ilsa. Oh, my friend Ilsa. So it's like, well, there's probably something to do with his friend Ilsa out there. Um, we go talk to them or whatever. Wasn't he associating Ilsa with Morast? No. No, he did say that she lived in Hergstag. Okay. And what he had told you was that... He tried to save her from something scary and could not. Okay, so I, I think last time we talked to him, he just kind of broke down because he couldn't talk about it. If perhaps if we had like a wizard in the party who just picked up share memory, hmm. they could just like, hey, it's okay, big guy. You don't have to tell us. Just let me just let me in for a second and let me see what happens. That's cheeky. So just pitching that idea. Do it. I mean, is he has he been escorted out? He's back in his cell. Yes. So we should we should check in with him as his counsel, and then uh, to the windmill. All right. Zeke can easily get you access down to the holding cells there, and there are two guards there. Uh, they they have like a makeshift table set up, and they're just playing cards. And the beast like picks his head up and looks at you guys. Coming in, a hopeful look in his eyes. Well, one of you talky, friendly folks want to uh, set up the alley oop here? Hello, Tim. How are you? <laughs> not, not great. Well, all of that is over for the day. Now you just get to rest here. You remember my friend Sidriel, right? Y- yes. Can I go now? Stormak looks at Sid. What do you, what do you, what, what should I say to him, Sidriel? <laughs> I mean, see if we can get him talking about Elsa again. We, we need to ask you some more questions before, before you can leave. Tim, could you tell us again about your friend, Ilsa? You remember her? <laughs> yeah, yes. Elsa. <laughs> he starts crying. Do, do you do you need like permission from him to share the memory, or can he just be talking about it and thinking about it? What do you need? Um, so I don't know that he actually has to actively be thinking about it because it's not detect thoughts. It just lets me like see a memory. Um, it is a DC seventeen will save, but if he if he lets me do it, then he can just choose to, like I said, to choose to fail his will save and allow me to, to see his memory. 
I presume we talked about this on the way down. This was this was our plan. Everyone was like, eh, "We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." Yeah. Um. Okay. But I think, and just for flavor, Flora was just listening because she and Sid are not on speaking terms right now. <laughs> and and so she's she's got the idea of what's going on, but she hasn't directly spoken to Sid about it. But she's gonna say, so if we need to uh, do a few more things before you can leave, but um, we need you to tell us about Ilsa again, and we can do some magic that will help you, but you have to you have to let us do it. What? Do what? Do what? Well, if, if, if you don't want to talk about it, I could... I, I could just look at your memory and and see it for myself, and I think that might give us the evidence we need to help you. You... memory? What do I, what do I do? You just try to relax and just just let me in, in into that big old dome of yours. <laughs> okay. Might make your head feel a little fuzzy, but it's not gonna hurt. I don't know how it actually manifests, but <laughs> it sounded like the right thing to say. Yeah, um, he's appears to be willing to let you do what you're wanting to do. Okay. Yeah, so I will cast uh, Share Memory as a second level spell. Burn that off. And that allows me to see one of the target's memories lasting up to a minute. So, since he's kind of told us that, like, you know, he's described himself, the person that's involved, and that some big scary thing happened, um, I don't know how you want to run this narratively if, like, I'm just going through, like, a big old Rolodex in his brain of, like, mislabeled memories and trying to find one that fits <laughs> the description. Yeah, it's super vague on, like, how that works. Like, it just says, or view one of their memories. It doesn't say how, you, which one, or how you tell which one or choose or yeah so I mean I, I guess in this instance since I, I know like the specific memory I'm looking for can I target like a specific memory yeah it's, it seems like you have to have the memory in mind yeah. or at least or like maybe have an idea like oh I want to find a memory about like if it was a person like about their about their parents and just like find a memory about their parents but maybe not a specific one well it says yeah you can you can show the target one of your memories, show the target one of its own memories, or view one of the target's memories. Like, it seems like it has to be a little more specific. Okay, yeah, so in this case, I'm, yeah, I'm looking for a very specific memory. Uh, which is... So he said he, he was trying to save Elsa from a big scary thing in that town. That, that's the memory I'm trying to pick up of, like, what was going on in that moment. Okay. From when he tried to save Elsa. From a big scary thing. So, you touch the beast, and everyone else sees both the beast and Sidriel's eyes roll into the back of their head. Flora panics a little, but tries not to react. Magic freaks her out, sometimes. And Sidriel, for you, everything is black for a moment. Then you begin to see things, presumably from the beast's point of view. He is walking at night 
with his dark vision, uh, so everything is sort of black and white. But he is quickly walking up a large hill, and he keeps looking down. He's sort of looking for tracks, footprints, and broken twigs. He's following somebody. You're going up this hill, panting and panicked. You have this feeling of fear filling your mind. And as you reach the top of this hill, you see, 20, 30 feet away, a young girl standing motionless at the top of the hill next to a scarecrow. The scarecrow has a pumpkin for a head with a wicked-looking face carved into it, and it's kind of rotten in parts. The beast yells out, Elsa! Elsa! She doesn't turn or respond. He hurries up towards her, and as he is making his way to her, out of the scarecrow comes this loud droning sound of hornets or bees or something. A loud buzzing. And this ghostly form emerges out of the scarecrow. A hooded figure with no legs and his robe kind of flowing beneath it. Tattered robes all translucent with these clawed hands coming out of the robe and where his face might be is just a countless number of glowing eyes and the beast starts running faster and attempts to tackle this creature as it is reaching out for Elsa who is standing there motionless and he tackles right through this creature. He falls in the mud. He stands back up and turns around and just starts swiping and beating at this creature, but his hands are just going right through it as it pays little attention to him. Its outstretched hands reach Elsa, and it looks like the life is just drained from her almost immediately. Her skin starts to wither and her face becomes emaciated and she falls to her knees this incorporeal creature turns to the beast and this wicked laugh (laughs) comes out of it as it flies backwards into the night into the crops of trees in the distance at breakneck speed The beast, crying, weeping, picks up Elsa's body and just falls to his knees, holding her, crying. And you are suddenly whipped out of this vision and back into the holding cell underneath the Leopardstad courthouse. Nice improv scene. Yeah, Elsa, I'll settle let out a bit of a... As he re-enters his, kind of his own consciousness... Blinks his eyes for a second, trying to kind of... It's the first time he's ever done something like that. Um, I'm sorry about your friend. It's 
I know how hard it is to lose lose friends just all of a sudden like that. Um, well, we're gonna do what we can, okay? We're gonna figure this whole thing out. Okay. Don't. I don't want to be burnt. We're not. We're not gonna let that happen. <laughs> he's kind of slumps down, back down in his chair. She's shaking his head, like, uh, like he's trying to shake off a weird feeling of that spell. We're going to find out the truth, Tim. Okay. Sorry. Can I make a knowledge check on what I saw? Give me a knowledge, religion. Julio. That is a three for a 14. Oof. Yeah. 14 is not going to do it, unfortunately. Okay. Are we... Are we heading out? Yes. We're heading to the windmill. Yeah, I think we've done what we can do here. Yeah, do it up. Is anyone going to ask Sid what he saw, or are you just going to volunteer that? Or I figured we wait till we were outside of the cell, because the whole idea yeah. was to make him not have to relive that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, guess what I just saw? Yeah, he tried his best, <laughs> but she just fucking died. <laughs> Life just drained out of her, huh? Just... Wow, that must have... Did he cry? Yeah, just felt like emaciated and just like... Yeah. <laughs> Did he cry? <laughs> oh, like a bitch. <laughs> oh my just God. blubbering. Oh. No, we don't, ha- we don't have that conversation. All right, we get a move on and then we talk about it. So you come out of the courthouse, grab Daisy, leave the courthouse, and uh, Sidriel, give me a reflex save. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Net 20. Incoming tomato. For a 25. Sling it back. Come on, it's a natural 20. Stormac, draw a hail card, (laughs) because you guessed my tomato. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, your uh, diviner's prescience. You see this tomato coming before it even gets close. Oh, can I do the, like, not even look one hand up and just catch it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sid doesn't even know where it comes from. Like, I think he would like, you know, just be walking up the stairs and just come probably looking at his feet like he normally walks around and just hand up catches it and then like he's surprised when he looks up and there's a tomato in his hand. Spidey sense. <laughs> yeah, and you look and there's a number of people that are like staring you guys down and there's people yelling and booing like there they are. That's the friends of the beast. Oh, great. And uh, like nobody's like mobbing you, but you get the feeling like (laughs) it might happen if you stay around here too much. There's still a pretty big crowd in the town square here outside of the courthouse surrounding the punishing man effigy. Let's get a move on. Yeah, Flora's trying to stay behind somebody because she is very small. Does anybody want a tomato? (laughs) (laughs) Put that down. You come out, you make your way. Uh, We'll say that you you know, Zeke was informed of the possible witnesses of this case and uh, knows where the windmill is. Nobody else knows that. He hasn't told you yet either. I don't know if you guys want to roleplay that. You know, we could just pretend. I mean, I think it makes sense to just kind of hand wave that that he tells us because we roleplay this like yeah, roleplay saying it's that way. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, so you guys make your way 
It's on the far west side of town. I put it on the map here. Oh, number 11. Number 11. Bloop. Yeah, as you approach, there's a large kind of old rickety windmill. We ask, well, somebody asks Sid about the vision on our walk over there so that we all have the information. Yeah, Sid will we'll recap that in the vivid detail as described by Johnny. Just just edit that back in in my voice in this part. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Technology today is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. John's not even real. He's an AI. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> that explains a lot. And also, so many questions. Why do you always beep but never poop? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Oh, we knock on the door. Rat-a-tat-tat. Oh. After a minute, of a woman answers the door. Uh, she looks like she's in her 40s. Uh, she's got big, poofy, curly hair that's salt and pepper. She's wearing a checkered apron and has a broom in her hand. She's like, oh, man, hi. What, what do you want? Trick or treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> uh, good evening, miss. Uh, we understand that you uh, came from Higstag. You were, uh, you were displaced from the town. Higstag, yes. Yeah, uh, I live there. Yeah, Higstag, Higstag. Uh, it all looks the same on paper. Hoobastank. <laughs> I don't mean to discount the name of your town. Um, we were, we had a couple of questions as to why you were displaced from your town. Well, who are you then? What, what do you, why do you want to know? I mean, I'm, I am Ezekiel Kane, a member of the town guard, and uh, this, these are some of my uh, compatriots here that have been tasked with um, being a part of the investigation into the beast to see if maybe he committed those crimes over there in the town of Higstag. Higstag. That is really hard to do with an accent. Higstag. 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 Well, with an accent, it's really hard, but yeah. Whatever. Whatever it is. Send it. <laughs> You're a cop! Why, well, I am. Uh, just a second. She, like, shuts the door quickly. Uh-oh. Lock, 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 lock. Yeah. We don't fucking talk to cops. Escapes out the back door. <laughs> just just burn the building down. I ain't no rat. They gotta come out at some point. <laughs> Tom Flint, cops are here! Hide your doobies! Cheese <laughs> it, it's the fuzz! <laughs> trust me, trust me, ma'am. We do not care about the doobies. Uh, it's probably the least of our concern. Really, we're just trying to trying to get the bottom of this uh, of this investigation here. I'm sure you've heard about the trial of the beast, and I'm sure you've heard about all those uh, other crimes that he's been accused of. Uh, we're just trying to get a a better lay of the land as to maybe what had happened in that town. I I swear to you, we, uh, nothing bad will come of it if you just. To have a few words with us. The closed door doesn't respond. <laughs> yelling through the door. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, she goes in the house for a minute, but she comes back. Like, well, all right then. Um, just uh, come on in. You want a cup of tea? Oh, I would love to. Thank you, ma'am. And uh, she'll let you in. There's a large kind of living area right in the front door, and. Uh, it's super cluttered, and there's, like, boxes stacked everywhere, and it looks like half of the room has, like, been 
kind of picked up and cleaned like she was in the process of cleaning. Uh, my name's Garo. I live here with my sisters, Starl and Flitched. Uh, Charmed. I'm Stormak. These are my friends, Sidriel and Flora and Daisy. And you've met the constable. Indeed. He represents the law, and we seek the truth. Thank you for letting us in. Well, have a seat. There's a couple old dusty chairs scattered around. Uh, She'll pull a couple close together and stand like, all right then, uh, what do you like to know? I mean, uh, we've heard a few things, um... I'd really like to get your your story of what what exactly happened. What what forced you out of there? In in your own words, uh, we have a couple of ideas, but what did what did you see over there? What forced us out? Yeah. Well, that would be the children. The the children themselves? Well, not quite. What? How do you mean? Losing the children. Stormak prompts. Well. I didn't lose any children myself, but that was the start of it. It was more when they came back that was the problem. How do you mean? Undead. Stormak looks at Sidriel and Flora, who he knows (laughs) are now experts at dealing with the undead. Yeah, I mean, Sid's like leaning in, interested with his his whole head leaning in. And his head holes. The ears, specifically, I imagine. Now he can sniff out a crime. <laughs> well, yeah, you see, there were several, five or six or so children that they just started disappearing. Uh, one by one, they vanished without a trace. Nobody knew what happened to them. One day, though, they started coming back. They're ghosts, spirits of some sort. Haunting their old houses, haunting their parents, their loved ones, terrifying them. And then, one by one, uh, the rest of the people in the town, terrified, they they just couldn't take it anymore. Eventually, we had to leave. Me and my sisters weren't about to be the last people living there. Well, I guess that makes sense. I'm uh, I'm glad you made it out with your lives. You know, one day, we did find who killed them. As, uh, the beast, Leopardstad, I'm sure you've heard of him, ended up bringing back one of their bodies. He came, holding her in his arms, all lifeless and dead-like, and he was laughing up a storm as he brought her body back. Mm. The townsfolk uh, set upon him with their pitchforks and chased him out. They couldn't catch him. He escaped off into the swamp. Didn't you say all the other children disappeared entirely? That's right, um, they just weren't there anymore. But but this one the beast carried back to town. Yeah, for some reason. Did that strike you as unusual compared to the other goings-ons? I suppose it did stand out a bit. Give me a sense motive of, uh, everybody. Uh-huh. Three old women living in a windmill. They're a hag, Kevin. Uh-oh. I'm really glad I just took this fucking feat. That is a ten. I got eight. 14 for an 8. Natural 19 for a 26. Ooh. That's a 16 plus 8 plus 2 is a 26, yeah. Uh, so, Zeke and Stormak, you can tell that they're not telling you everything. They're holding something back. 
I mean, that that is a tall tale, and I, I love to hear it, but, uh, you know, a lot of weirdness goes on in this swamp, and, um, seems as if you, you may, maybe you're omitting something, uh, what was, what was the real story with, uh, with that child that got brought back? Well, everyone assumed it was the beast because he brought her body back and it made sense. I thought that was the case. But we chased him off and we didn't see any evidence of him again. But the last child, the last child that died, well, sweet little thing, sweet little girl named Karen, well she died two days after that. After the beast had left, father, P poor Bill, he, he, he heard her screaming in a bedroom late one night, and he, he went, he, he went running and he, she was just dead when he got there. Dead right in her bed. Had, had, hadn't a mark on her. No injuries. No signs of entry. No broken windows. No nothing. Well, really appreciate you telling me that. Uh, I feel like um, your feelings are extremely valid. And uh, maybe that we can get to the bottom of this at some point. But... Uh, Thank you for your uh, your honesty in this matter. I know that my DM's uh, taking a little break, but um, looking around... Uh, I'm here. Uh, uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> we shall uh, leave you to you and yours, and uh, I, I hope that your relocation will be okay. Uh, we're going to go and, and check out some, some real evidence over there and... Hopefully we can come back with something. Maybe it is the beast, maybe it isn't. But your testimony will help the trial. Either way. Oh, oh lord, you, you're gonna make me go to court, are you? Ah, uh, I don't, I don't see it necessary. Unless, unless you would feel okay with, uh, testifying. We'll see you there tomorrow morning. 10 a.m. Alright, we've gotta go. Oh hell. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you later. Fuck off. Let's go. <laughs> to the to the town. Um, with Sid giving the description of what he saw to the party and them all getting some additional information from this woman, would they be able to make knowledge checks on that? And also would Sid be possible to be able to get an additional check since now he has additional information about uh, these potential undead? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was really enough information to go on much to get a, another knowledge check. Okay, fair enough. Well, I was more so curious if the rest of the party would be able to get a chance to roll based off of uh, Sid's information plus the little bit of information she provided. Yeah, can Stormac give that a go? What are we Let's... rolling on? Religion. Yeah, I give you guys a, a knowledge religion. All right. Oh, that's a natural one for a six. Oof. Good thing I just put some points in natural religion, because that's uh, eight plus twelve is a twenty. 
Yeah, I didn't spend my three skill points to spend here. Let me, let me do that before I go rolling any other skills. Anyways, I failed that <laughs> one. Hard to be sure with just, like, secondhand knowledge and being told these stories. But, Zeke, this kind of does remind you of some tales that you've heard of something called a wraith. Mostly the fact that its victims had returned as ghosts themselves. Well, I don't know exactly what we're going to stumble in here too, but um, it sounds like what she's describing sounds kind of like a wraith. Uh, Sidril, does that make any sense to you? Uh, victims kind of coming back as ghosts? Does that, does that sound familiar? Uh, I guess, John, like, if I, if I took 10 on a religion, since he gave me the, like, hey, this is what I think it is, would I be able to know anything about wraiths? I would have a uh, 21 if I took 10 on a knowledge check. Yeah. I mean, I guess the way I'm thinking of it narratively is, like, it was one of those things that, like, when he saw it, it was, like, on the tip of his tongue, but he just couldn't quite place it. And now that Zeke is giving, like, oh, I think it's a wraith. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Hang on. Let me recall that knowledge about wraiths real quick. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, should we should we be stocking up on anything? Uh, maybe we should grab some holy water on our way out. But uh, you know, we're we're running out of time. If if we're gonna make it to that town before dark, and I assume fighting ghosts in the dark is probably not a good idea. Fighting ghosts in general isn't a good idea. Uh, we well, at least the rest of us can attest to that. Um, we're definitely going to bring magic weapons or something of that nature. Um, can I get a can I get a couple questions on a wraith? Maybe you can have. Yeah, two questions. Um, traits, I imagine. And it has undead traits. Any any weaknesses? Weaknesses. It is powerless. It has something called sunlight powerlessness. You know the wraiths are powerless in the sunlight. Ah, so they're definitely fighting them at night is a bad idea. Okay, cool. Sidra would probably know the same thing. Is there anything we should stock up on as players before we head out there, if that is indeed what we are going after? Clerics. <laughs> <laughs> Cleric. Sunrods. Uh, let's go. F- I don't think a sunrod will work, but an oil of magic no. weapon would be good if we have one. Uh, do you guys go and buy stuff? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, if we could stop at a 7R heaven on the way out, <laughs> get some what? ghost fighting. <laughs> okay. Seven I was trying to come up with a good pun of 7-Eleven, but, uh, or, uh, uh, stop. I was thinking more like a target. Uh, yeah, but there's got to be a good shop. pun in there. Someone stop and rob. I don't know. A target. Something where we uh, can... Walmart. 7R heaven was pretty good. Uh... You know, just to buy some uh, fucking ghost fight materials. I don't know. We need a couple of oil of magic weapons because uh, 
uh, floor is going to be practically useless without magic weapons. Uh, yep. Your fists are magic. Um, Sidriel can do a couple of magic things. Uh, I have a magic sword. Um, you know what I mean? It's got to be... We, we, we got to grab a couple of oil and magic weapons or something, right? Yes. Or if we see a small size plus one lance laying in the side of the road as we walk out of town, that would be ideal. Well... Does the city have a Babies R Us? <laughs> babies R Us? It's the... <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> a magic Babies R Us. So, um, I think we're saying think magical things are 75% chance to find. Sure. What do I roll? Do like an oil of magic weapon wouldn't be something that somebody has in a city this large. Um, can I can I look for a lance again, or have I already done that, and I'm not allowed to do it again? For a magical lance, is that what you're saying? Yeah, if that's plus one or masterwork or whatever makes it able to hit ghosts. Yeah, plus one lance. Has to be magic. Would count as magic, yes. Are you saying? Are you saying twenty-five percent failure chance or seventy-five percent failure chance? 25% failure chance. Oh, okay. Great. For some reason, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> the other way, I'm like, God, we're never yeah, so, going no, to find shit. Need to, you just need to roll above a 25 on a D100. Yeah, I think I got like an 18 the first time I was looking, and that was really upsetting. Um, it's going to take some time, though, you know, searching around, shopping. If I was sitting on a plus one small lance, it was just sitting on a shelf, and I saw some lady walking by on her awesome dog with a saddle and armor and everything, and she had like a crummy lance, I would be off my ass trying to sell that thing. <laughs> In the street. <laughs> Excuse me, hey, ma'am. <laughs> could you possibly afford this? I mean, I'm sure if you were sitting on yeah. one, it would hurt really bad, but yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's about 3.15. <sighs> Boy. Right we're now. We're going to be out there all night, and then we're going to come back in the morning, like, half asleep. That's fine. We can do it. We could also camp and come back in the morning. So I, I do have one scroll of magic weapon. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, if you guys don't think we need it, then we don't need it, and we should go. But I think that uh, at least one oil of magic weapon, if not two, is probably a good idea. If anybody's got the gold for them. I, I got 300 towards it. Okay, I think we're we're looking specifically for those for that oil, but if I happen to see a lance in a window on the way out of town, I'm going to buy it. We'll roll for it. Okay. A 100. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking barely. <laughs> a 26 <laughs> nice damn fate really does not want me to have a magic dagger no no it's meant to be <laughs> no, no, dagger. No, you got a magic dagger you just don't want that magic lance I don't have a magic dagger but uh, that doesn't matter I just want <laughs> someone does a magic <laughs> lance does. and a magic dagger hey <laughs> um you are able find 
a plus one <laughs> small lance. Thank you. Let's see. That thing that Stormax said happened exactly. Somebody saw you rolling by and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need this. <laughs> whoa, miss. You need <laughs> I this. I need to sell this. You are a woman of yes, taste. that thing that I said happened exactly the way I said it. <laughs> nah. Um, Couldn't have happened without you, buddy. Is that all you're looking it's for? It's called then? manifestation. <laughs> um, That's what I'm getting. Sindril, <laughs> do you need a well? Do you need an oil of magic weapon? Or are you good? No, I've got a I've, I've got a scroll of magic weapon, so I'll just cast that. Okay, cool. Then that's all we need. Do you got the gold for it? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I can sell my lance for fifty percent. All right. Finally. <laughs> were you looking for anything else other than the lance? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good. We're on a bit of a time crunch. Yeah, yeah. Roll D4, Flora. Oh. Great. Uh, okay. Three? Boom. It Boom this took, one. It took about an hour and a half to find the lance. Mm. Worth it. Worth it. Um, totally worth it. Absolutely 100% worth it. It's going to be worth it, guys. It's going to be worth it. Yep. It's about five o'clock. And we leave post-haste. What season is this again? Is it like spring, summer? Uh, season two. <laughs> <It's fall. laughs> Episode 22. <laughs> and season two. Yeah, it's like April. Okay. So. That, that sweet, sweet fall month of April. The days are I starting to fall. get longer. What? Wasn't Halloween the Day of Bones? Or something no. close to that? I mean... Oh, you're the right. we on the top of the calendar. The same. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you're right. Yeah, so days are getting longer. It's my birthday. Um, it, the sun's been setting around, like, seven. Yeah, we got time. Well, we're gonna get there as the sun sets. It's fine. We know what we're doing with ghosts. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet the thing wasn't gonna show itself during the day anyway. Yeah. You... I think it's probably going to take like three hours to get there on horseback. Can we can we ride a little faster? Didn't you say this is like 15 miles away? Mm-hmm. Light horse, five miles per hour. Our horse sauntering? <laughs> yeah, but what if we... I what believe if you just really... like a slower pace I would have anticipated. Yeah, what if we what if we push it though? Like push our horse to gallop. Uh I don't know the rules for that. <laughs> a mount bearing a rider can move at a hustle. The damage it takes when doing so, however, is lethal damage. Oh. Not non lethal damage. Oh. Uh, the creature can also be ridden in a forced march, but its constitution checks automatically fail oh. and the damage it takes is lethal. Oh. Mounts also become fatigued when they take any damage from hustling or forced marches. That's why we got the rental insurance. Let's go. Are you going to throw Daisy on the back of one of these horses? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Get her a trailer. (laughs) Whatever. Sidecar? Who who cares? Let's go. (laughs) A little cart. No, let's get there at five. Let's do normal, and we'll get there as the sun goes down. Seven, sorry. Yeah, so it's like um, going on five o'clock as you guys are leaving. Seems like exactly the way the adventure is written, that we get there at dark. Perfect. 
Let's do it. Yeah. Fuck it. You see, Zeke, you, when you, you're talking about these um, wraiths being afraid of the sunlight, trying to avoid them at night, that's the only time that you can find them is at night. We're, we're somewhat experienced at dealing with these sorts of things. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, we give him a, a, a like, crash course on ghosts. In- emphasis on the somewhat. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've only really ever experienced ghosts uh, a few times in my, in my career, and usually they're pretty well taken care of by clerics in the city of the Lepisad. You guys don't happen to be any, uh, be a cleric, do you? Stormak just shakes his head. Real funny. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Is that a no? Flora's not really listening. She's riding along on Daisy, swinging her lance around and like shining it in the in the light. She's so happy that she has a new lance and she's really pleased with it. She's like poking it at things in the air, like pretend stabbing things. <laughs> It's got, like, a bunch of offensive shit, like, designed on what? it, so it makes you look bad. No! What? Why? What? <laughs> Where the hell did Just we kidding. buy this? I mean... <laughs> this is covered in swastikas. No! Pickles can't be choosers. I mean, a little bit. A little, little, little choosy. <laughs> why, are you, why are you taking this away from me, Johnny? No, I'm kidding. Why are you taking this away from me? <laughs> I ain't kidding. So, you leave... The city of Leopardstad on horseback riding Daisy Buttercup. Yeah? Who, what are the horses' oh, names? Did we, did we get to keep uh, Buttercup and Pokey? Well, I'm, if you're on horseback, uh, you would have had to. Uh, I remember Zeke getting us rentals, but I guess maybe that was just for that one day. Uh, when you went to Morast, you got the horses from, from Kendra. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Buttercup and Pokey, I think were their names. Yeah. You head northeast out of the city and travel along the road, along the river. There's a couple little sort of habited areas, not even quite villages, you know, but places with like a few houses in them at a crossroads along the way. And yeah, it takes about three hours. Uh, You eventually have to cross a smaller river and sun sets around 7.30, like, just before you get there. Uh, what are you doing about light? What's the uh, sky situation like? Cloudy, big moon up there? Hmm. Let me see. I do at least have the full moons marked. Yeah, like, a, like a waxing gibbous? <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> what? Have we made a joke about that before? <laughs> Um, it is a a very small crescent of a moon. There's not a lot of moonlight. Shit. Roll a luck roll on starlight. I mean, or is that? I guess clouds. I don't know. Clouds. It's not really a thing. Clouds. There you go. But even then, the stars don't light up the fucking. Oh, there are two pl- stars in the sky. Well, that is a terrible <laughs> roll. <laughs> So yeah, wouldn't be Sid with that terrible roll. Oh my god! What what little moonlight there might be from this crescent moon is pretty covered by some pretty thick clouds this evening. It is pitch black. 
Well, of course, Stormak has dark vision as a dwarf, uh, but he's also carrying yes. a sunrod and some torches whenever we need them. Yeah, I mean, do we want to do the usual, just to uh, glue a sunrod to Flora? Ezekiel <laughs> uh, Kane pulls out an ever-burning torch. Okay. That he has. How long does that last? Ever. Ever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever? Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe not forever. 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 <laughs> How many of us did that while. require? <laughs> At least. Um, cool. 90s kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. So, Zeke has a torch. I hand the sunrod to Flora. Just, just in case. Just it in her bra. Bra rod. <laughs> in her bra of boulder holding. There you go. And... <laughs> so it's about 7.30 when the sun disappears from behind the clouds. And Zeke strikes up his torch. You got a sun rod. Another half hour before you reach the abandoned town of Hergstag and the road sort of dips down and after a minute opens up and you see several buildings and you're pretty sure this must be the place as you approach them they are run down falling apart doors swinging open and it's only like three buildings so you imagine the town must extend past this part of the road but in the dark of night you are now here to investigate this supposedly haunted town of Hergstag and to try and find some evidence that proves that the beast did not kill these children but that will be a story for next week. In the dark of the night, the evil will find you. No one should ever let Christopher Lloyd sing. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just a pirate with a stuffy nose.